This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you may be watching for the very first time. It's not unusual for us to have people to tell us, I saw you the other night for the very first time. And we hope that we have those watching today like that. I know we have those that are watching who watch every time we come on the air. And uh, we appreciate your uh, encouragement and your continuing to watch Getting to Know Your Bible. Now we have a subject today I believe is going to interest everyone. It's a question. Think about this question. What is love? I know somebody's going to say, now God is love. And I understand that Bible definition of God, that God is love. But we want to look at it from a different point of view. We want to think about what is love as it exists between a husband and wife. What is love? I hope you'll stay tuned. Now today on our telecast, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And may I emphasize, I wish there was a way I could emphasize this so strongly that, I, that people would understand. It is free. It is free. I know I keep saying that, and in spite of that, people will call and say, now what does the course cost? It's free. There isn't any cost to you. Don't want your money. We don't want you to go get a credit card. It's free. The CDs that you request are free. DVDs that you might request are free. We just want to make these things available so it will help you get better acquainted with the Bible. And that's our only motivation for doing this. We hope that you uh, will uh, avail yourself of the opportunity today to get the Bible course and that you might know more about it, that you might know how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement fire. Many waters cannot quench love nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. There was a man from Britain talking to a man from America, and he said with the increasing divorce rate in America, it is fast becoming the land of the free. 
But the man from America said, yes, but with the increasing rate of marriage, it is also becoming the land of the brave. Well, all of us have to be brave to enter into the relationship called marriage. And even then, there are struggles. All of us have struggles in our life. We have trials. I may be speaking to someone right now who is about ready to give up on your marriage. Things may be so hard. It may be so difficult. It may be so uh, unpleasant that you're just ready to give up and to walk away. But I believe there's something that will help you stay where you are. That there was something that will not allow you to give up. Here in the Song of Solomon, the beloved wrote of love. And this was a love that would not give up. I want us to take a few minutes on our telecast to look at this love because the text that I have read from chapter 8, verses 6 and 7 is talking about the love between a husband and a wife. And there are some five things about love that I want us to see in these passages. And in verse 6, we see that love is possession. He says, set a seal upon your heart. Set a seal. The word seal is simply a metaphor, and it referred to a signet ring or perhaps to a, a cylinder seal that was worn around the neck. And so he's talking about a, a seal that would be set upon your heart. In ancient times, the seal was used to signify ownership, the ownership. And Solomon is saying in this passage, in this part of the passage in verse 6, that we belong to each other. There's a seal that is set upon you. You belong to me. I belong to you. And so love is possession. In the sense of be, this is talking about in the sense of being faithful to one another. Solomon is saying, I'm going to be, belong to you and to no one else. The beloved is saying, I'm going to belong to you and to no one else. The scripture over and over talks about the need of faithfulness between a husband and wife. For example, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, the Bible says that a man should leave his father and he should leave his mother and be joined to his wife, cleave to his wife. And this is suggesting by the leaving of father and mother that there's another allegiance in your life. And now your allegiance is not to your father or to your mother. Your allegiance is to your companion. Someone has said that the best thing that a mother can give to her son on his wedding day are her apron strings. That is, she's willing to let him go. When we are married, we belong to another. 
We belong to our husband or we belong to our wife. There's a seal that is set upon our heart. And there isn't any room then in our life for anyone else. You remember in Matthew 19 and 6, Jesus said, What God hath joined together, let, let not man put asunder. There is no one that is to become between a husband and his wife. A father is not to come between them. A mother is not to come between them. A lawyer is not to come between them. Another person is not to come between them. Why? Because they belong to each other for life. So what is love? Love is possession. But love is also permanent. Go back to verse 6. He says love is as strong as death. You see, that speaks of the permanence of love. Death is pretty permanent, isn't it? Have you noticed that? When people die, with the exception of Christ, of course, they don't come back. David had a child to die, and David wept over that child, and he says, I, I shall go to him. He, he shall not come to me. But you see, David recognized the permanence of death. And love is like that. He says, love is as strong as death. A and the scripture speaks about that uh, the strength of that kind of relationship. Uh, for example, in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 9, Solomon is talking about the, the, the relationship that exists between a man and a woman. And when you have that strong a relationship between a man and his wife, you're not going to go out and start looking for another if that person does not please you. You see, Jesus taught in Matthew 19, 9, that there was a reason or a cause for divorce. And the only exception for divorce is adultery, or as the New King James renders it, sexual immorality. Otherwise, we are to live together for life. No one gives us the right to go looking for another. Love is permanent. It was intended for life. Do you remember the day that you were married? In all likelihood, the person performing your ceremony, if it was a minister or some other duly authorized individual, they may have used words something like this. Do you promise live with this individual so long as you both shall live or till death do you part. You see, God intended this relationship to be permanent. Love not only is possession, it's permanent. In Romans 7, Paul said that a woman is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. It's a till death do you part relationship. It's not till you find someone that you think is better looking. It's not until you find someone that has money. 
It's not because the person with whom you now are, uh, are living, that is as a husband or wife, has displeased you in some way. We are to live together for life. And it is for richer or poor. It is for better or for worse. So what is love? Love is possession. And love is permanent. But another definition of love in these passages is this, that love is passionate. Look in verse number 6 again. He said, jealousy is as, is cruel as the grave. And he says, the coals thereof, or the flames thereof, are, are flames of fire, a most vehement fire. There ought to be a fire in your relationship. That is, there ought to be passion in the relationship between a man and a woman, between a husband and a wife. There ought to be that fire, but has the fire gone out? There are some relationships who need to rekindle that fire. But love is passion, and God made us that way. In Genesis chapter 1, the Lord said, let us make man. But in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, it is said that he made them male and female. Let me go over that again. I know that's real hard for some to understand. He made them male and female. There's to be a man and a woman, a husband and a wife in the relationship. That's the way God set it up in the very beginning of time. That's the reason the Apostle Paul in the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians, verse 2, wrote these words, Every man should have his own wife, Every wife her own husband. One man, one woman for life. A husband and a wife. Now, oh, I know that in our modern society where we become so highly sophisticated and so intellectual that people have come up with better ways than the way God has designed it. That is, in their estimation, it's a better way. But, but if, we want to, if we really believe in God, we believe his word. We believe that it's one man, one woman for life. It's that way. And God made us that way. It's not a man and a man and a woman and a woman. It's a man and a woman. And God made us to have passion for one another. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter and verse 4, the Bible says marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. There isn't anything ugly or sinister or disgusting about the physical relationship that exists between a man and a woman, between a husband and his wife. You see, God made us that way. He made us passionate creatures. And sometimes the fire goes out in a relationship over the years. But I would encourage you that love is passion. Paul in the first five verses of the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians taught that in this relationship, as it regards the, the physical aspect of marriage, 
that a man should not defraud his wife, and the wife should not withhold herself from her husband. You see, that's the way God made this relationship. So what is love? Well, we've noticed already that love is possession. That is, we belong to each other. That love is permanent. Love is as strong as death. That is, it's permanent. And it's still death. And now we notice that love is passionate. It's passionate. There are flames that are flames of fire, a most vehement fire in this relationship. Let, let me tell you some of the most beautiful things that I've ever witnessed. It's to see a man and a woman who married when they were quite young, and maybe they now are over in what we would refer to as the end years of life. And their frames are bent. Their, their, their hands may shake, but they still have a fire between them. There's that passionate love that they have one for another. But another thing we see about love is that love is persevering. Notice verse 7, that many waters cannot quench love. You know, in some people's lives, it doesn't take a great deal to put the fire out. Alcohol may put the fire out. Uh, someone that, that you work with may begin to show you some undue attention and and that puts the fire out for your own spouse. But that's not the way real love is. Love is like many waters that cannot quench. It's like waters that cannot quench love. It, it cannot be put out. It is persevering. You see, when we face trials in our life, love grows. I sometimes hesitate to speak personally about my life on getting to know your Bible because I fear that you might not even be interested. And I want to tell you what God says, but I know in my own life, with my wife and myself, with the various trials that we've had in the losing of a child and the losing of a grandchild, our love for each other has only gotten stronger. You see, that's what love is. Love is persevering. And when a flood comes, it's not going to put out the fire. It's not going to destroy the love that you have one for another. But the more the floods, the greater the love you have for your spouse. That's just the way love is. Love is persevering. And so love is this for better, for worse relationship. But then love is also priceless. Now that's also in verse number 7. He said, if a man would give all the substance, that is all of the wealth, 
of his house for love, it would be despised. It would be utterly despised. There is absolutely no monetary value that you can place on love. It's priceless. I have known of people who for the love of money left a companion or for the love of something else left a companion. But the love that we have is of more value than all of the money there is in the world. I'm thinking of couples that I have known that lived until they were, had lived together for 50 or 60 or 70 or more years. And there was no price you could put on their love. The Bible says that a husband is to love his wife just as Jesus loved the church. And in Titus, the second chapter, Paul says that a wife is to love her own husband. And that love that exists between a man and his wife is priceless. You say, let me read to you again, verse 7. If a man would give all the wealth of his house for love, he'd despise that, all of that. Your love that you have for your wife, sir, is of greater value than whatever you have in your checking account or whatever investment you've made. It's priceless. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and 7, P Peter said that a man should honor his wife, should honor his wife as a weaker vessel. Now that word honor is, a, is an interesting word. That, that word honor actually means to value something. To put a premium on it. That it's priceless. That, that it's something that you would cherish as being of value. And if we want that relationship that we have as a husband and wife, the last, we need to have that honoring of our companion. Honor as a, a weaker vessel. I don't think the weakness mentioned there is intellectual weakness. Uh, it might refer to the fact that women are made in a more with a more delicate frame. But nonetheless, he says you're to honor your wife. You're to live where they're according to knowledge and giving honor to her as to the weaker vessel. Do you honor her? Is she valuable to you? Could I ask you something very personal? Just how much time do you spend with your wife? You say, well, now, Brother Lambert, you know I'm a busy man. Brother Lambert, I, I'm an executive and uh, I have a lot of responsibility and I understand that. But I wasn't, I wasn't asking where you work. I was asking how much time do you spend with your wife? How do you treat your wife, sir? Do you treat her with respect? 
I've heard men refer to their wives with language that suggests that they did not respect her and they really did not show the love they ought to have. I've heard men refer to their wives as the old lady or the battle axe or the old woman. But may I suggest to you, you show more respect for her than that because she's priceless. If a man has a good wife, he ought to get down on his knees and thank God every day for the good wife that he has because she is of great value to him. I have a good wife. There were times in my early life as a young boy preacher that I became so discouraged that I thought about just getting out of preaching. But my wife kept saying and she was pushing and prodding, you must go on, you must go on. In all likelihood, if she had not been that encourager for me, I might not even be preaching to you today on getting to know your Bible. You see, I know the value of a good wife. She's priceless. Do you really value your home? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian husband? Are you a Christian wife? If you're not, I want to urge you to make your home a home where the Lord is to be found. May I urge you as a believer in Jesus to be willing to repent of your sins, to be willing to confess that you believe Jesus is the Christ, and then allow some servant of God to baptize you into Christ. You'll be added to the Lord's church. You can worship with the Lord's people on the Lord's day. Do all the good that you can as a Christian, but most of all make your home a Christian home. When those ch children are born into your home, you can, those children will have a Christian father and a Christian mother. There isn't anything that they need any more than that. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I wish that I could get all men and all women everywhere to, to say that. I'm going to serve the Lord in my family. I'm going to devote my life to God and give my life to Him before it is too late. I love you and I want you to go to heaven one day. And I want to tell you the thing that you really need in your life to make your home stay together is a love for the Lord, love for each other. I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.